Jesus was in one of the towns. A man came along who was covered with leprosy. When he saw Jesus, he fell with his face to the ground and begged him, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. I am willing, he said, be clean. And immediately the leprosy left him. Then Jesus ordered him, don't tell anyone, but go. Show yourself to the priest and offer the sacrifices that Moses commanded for your cleansing as a testimony to them. Yet the news about him spread all the more, so that crowds of people came to hear him and to be healed of their sicknesses. But Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. The big mo. Momentum. This is what Jesus has in this passage. It's what every leader of a movement or campaign wants. In chapter 5, we're told the whole region is coming out to see Jesus as he proclaims the kingdom of God, as he heals the sick, casts out demons, cares for those who are marginalized. This great momentum is following Jesus. The crowds are following him. And yet, peculiarly, Jesus wants to get away. In verse 16 we read, But Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. This must have been so frustrating for his disciples. They were excited that this movement was taking off there was so much enthusiasm this was the moment they had been waiting for when their messiah was going to come and just as things were getting going jesus would disappear we read of this happening in the other gospels in mark 1 35 after a full day of ministry the next morning we read that jesus went to a solitary place to pray in Matthew 14, we read that Jesus dismissed the crowds and went up to a mountainside alone. So what is going on? In our world today, we're obsessed with the public place. Everything is on display. Everything is in public. When social media first came out, one of the things that I noticed and used to irritate me, if I can be honest about that, is when people would put pictures of their dinner on Facebook or Instagram or whatever it would be, I used to think, why don't you just enjoy your fish and chips? Why do you need to put it on social media so that everybody else can see? It just didn't make sense to me. Today, everything is out there with so much media, news, and of course social media available to us. Yet, Jesus had a secret to his ministry. He had a source to his ministry. And we, as his disciples, cannot become like Jesus, which is our aim. And we cannot do the things that Jesus did, which is our aim, unless we know this secret and this source. The secrets Jesus' ministry was what the Bible calls the secret place or the hiding place where God promises to meet you. And that's what I want to talk about this morning. We are in a 
at the moment called Rooted, where we're exploring some practices, sometimes called spiritual disciplines, that help us go deeper in our relationship with God, and as a result, make us more resilient and more fruitful as disciples and the people we were created to be. And as I chat with other pastors at the moment, that word discipleship and the word resilience is a word that I'm hearing a lot. As a world, we face so many challenges. As Christians, we know we're in the minority. Life is pretty tough for lots of people. We have this epidemic of anxiety. And the question the pastors are asking is how can we help equip the church to put deeper roots into God so there's an increased sense of stability there's a resilience but not only that so that we might be good news salt and light fruitful in our lives and a blessing to a hurting world last week we looked at Sabbath and today we're looking at the practice of the secret place and I want to propose that we cannot be effective in our calling unless we're effective in our retreating. Let's think about that for a moment. Anytime you see life flourishing because it's receiving nourishment from outside itself. And it's usually in a secret place. Imagine a plant in the ground getting nutrition from the soil, water, some of the most fundamental bits about the growth of that plant happen in secret. A baby is formed unseen in the womb and all the important things take place then. A significant speech or sermon, it happens, its preparation is in private. I wonder if you ever noticed that perhaps your best ideas, your those great ideas that excite you, come to you when you're away from the hustle and bustle, perhaps a day away or on holiday somewhere. Or think of a beautiful handmade piece of furniture come from weeks of crafting in a secret place before it's seen and enjoyed. And I want to say that the power that you need for the public place, for your work life, for your family to be the best mom or dad or grandparent or brother or sister, for your friendships, juggling a lot, the power to act and speak with integrity, to stand up for your convictions, even if it's not the convictions of the culture around you, the power to follow Jesus, to be the person you were uniquely created to be, to thrive, not simply survive in the world of modern life so much pressure on people at the moment in all sorts of different ways that power will be given to you in the secret place someone once said we do not have enough in modern culture to nourish modern spirits so we just have a couple of questions as we unpack this together firstly how do i get to the secret place Do you know how to get there? Satan will do anything to stop you getting in the secret place because he knows that power comes from there. In Matthew 6, verse 6, Jesus is teaching on prayer. He says this, When you pray, 
go to your room and shut the door and pray to your father. Your father sees what is done in secret and rewards you. There's so much that we could pick up in the simple and yet deeply profound teaching on prayer. I just want to highlight that phrase, shut the door. To shut the door means to shut the door on distraction. In that culture, communal living was very common. You probably had a couple of rooms and you weren't living perhaps with a nuclear family or on a flat on your own like we might do now. But you were living with aunties and uncles, extended family. There was people around all the time. And should have shut the door would be to say, we're having a private meeting. It was an intentional act to say, I need some space. And so when Jesus talks about this, he's saying, be intentional, remove distraction as you come to the secret place to be with me. I think if Jesus was speaking today, he might say, when you pray, go into your room, shut the door, put your phone on airplane mode and pray to your father. Why? Because one of the biggest distractions that we face is in our pockets. You know, the biggest threat to your relationship with God is not secularization. It's not suffering. It's actually in your pocket. It's probably your phone. We can all do this, can't we? We sit down to do something, the phone starts buzzing, and before we know it, we can't remember what we sat down to do. We're looking through messages or just the simple trail of uh, Instagram, emails, or whatever it uniquely is for us. Ronald Rollheiser, the Catholic writer, said this, we are distracting ourselves into spiritual oblivion. And our world today is built on distraction, being entertained all the time. And if we want to go deeper, we need a strategy to do that. Shut the door, Jesus says. And then how do we pray? When I was at uni, student group that I was with had a 24-7 prayer room and we were praying for our university and I signed up, I was a keen bean and I signed up for a couple of hours in the middle of the night and I went down about two in the morning and uh, made myself a cup of tea and I started to pray and I prayed for everything I could think of. I prayed for my friends, my family, course mates, the university, the city. I prayed my heart out. And then I looked at the watch, and ten minutes had gone, and I'd signed up for two hours. I thought, oh, no, what have I done? How am I going to get through this? I've given up a night out for this. What am I going to do? Since then, I've learned that prayer can take different expressions. Sometimes prayer is simply sitting, being still in the presence of God, hearing his voice over us, that he loves us, that he's for us, that he's with us, that we are his son or daughter. Sometimes prayer is listening to God through the scriptures. Sometimes it is pouring our hearts out to him. 
Sometimes it's praise and giving thanks. So what happens when we get there into this secret place? In the secret place, your spirit communes with God's spirit. Deep calls to deep. Your spirit draws itself to the love and power of God and your soul is nourished. Where do we go for nourishment when life is hard, when we start to use words like I'm overwhelmed, I'm anxious, I'm burnt out, I feel restless. You know, the world offers all sorts of great places that we could go that would undoubtedly help. Uh, Going on holiday is great. Going to a spa is fantastic. I'm as much a fan of a jacuzzi and sauna as the next person. Having more of a balanced life is important. But really our souls become nourished in the secret place. Psalm 23, David says, He leads me beside green pastures and still waters. He restores my soul. And I think the secret to David's power, his influence, was that he was someone who carried this passion to get to the secret place, that intimacy with God. My soul thirsts for the living God, he says in Psalm 63. John Tyson, the author and preacher in New York City, says this. What if there was a place you could go and every time get instant affirmation for who you really are, strength for whatever circumstances you face, encouragement in a time of disillusionment, and power to get through anything. Just think about that for a moment. What an amazing place. We have that place available to us all the time because of what Jesus did on the cross and inviting us to this life with the Father secret place. So the third question, well, what do you get in the secret place? I'm just going to move through these fairly quickly. Firstly, you get a, a deep sense of identity that is so precious. The question, who am I? That question of identity is something our culture is obsessed with at the moment. For many of us, How we're perceived by the world is where we find our identity. As a a mum or a dad in my job, as a runner, whatever it might be. And as a result, we have fragile identities. And it's why we need constant validation. And if anyone threatens that, we become overly defensive. Henri Nguyen, the spiritual writer, said that solitude is the furnace of transformation. Without it, we remain victims of our society and continue to be entangled in the illusions of the false self. We have to keep putting on a front, if you like, of who we are, proving ourselves. And this is just exhausting. But in the secret place, we hear the voice of our Father. You are my son, you are my daughter, who am I love and with whom I am well pleased. You know, Jesus heard that at the beginning of his ministry before he had done anything he 
had his identity spoken over him. And, you know, as he went off to the secret place throughout his ministry, often, I think that's the voice he heard again and again. You are my son, and I love you. And if Jesus needed to hear that voice, then we do. What else do we get? Well, we get strength. David in 1 Samuel 30 has just been defeated by a foreign army. His family had taken off. His own men are beginning to turn against him. So understandably, he's in this place of disillusionment, fear, anxiety. How does he respond? How do you respond in that place? We read in 1 Samuel 30 verse 6, David was greatly distressed because the men were talking of stoning him. Each one was bitter in spirit because of his sons and daughters, that is, their family had been taken off. But David, we're told, found strength in the Lord his God, or strengthened himself in the Lord. And as he did that, eventually things turned around and he found victory in his battles. The Apostle Paul prays in Ephesians 3 that God would strengthen us with power through his spirit in our inner being. How do we receive that strength, that power? How do we receive that spirit in our inner being? It's from the secret place. Church is great, yes, but that's once a week, if that. We can receive this strength for the challenges that we face every day. So often I miss out in life because I try to go on in my own strength and I miss out on the Lord's strength because I fail to get to the secret place. And then there's protection from thoughts overwhelming you. I wonder if you ever find that you can get into a bit of a negative spiral with thoughts. And one moment something irritates you, you get a bit annoyed. The next spiral is beginning and you land catastrophizing and everything is suddenly wrong. Psalm 32 verse 7, David writes, You are my hiding place. You will protect me from trouble, surrounding me with songs of deliverance. When you get into the secret place, the songs of heaven are sung over you. These songs of deliverance. You hear God's voice instead of the enemy's voice. The voice of negativity and depression. You get a newer, truer perspective. Imagine what it would mean to live with God's voice over us. And not that voice of discouragement and negativity. And then the fruits of the Spirit flow from time in a secret place. Sometimes uh, I'll be going through my day and I might be quite grumpy, snappy with my family. And my wife will say to me, did you have a quiet time today? Because it really makes that much difference. From the secret place we get all those good things like love and joy and peace and more patience and kindness. It's not that we will it, but that it flows from us as the Holy Spirit is within us. And then guidance comes from the secret place. John 10, Jesus says, my sheep 
whether you're looking for guidance on God will speak to you about those things. If you're looking for guidance about finance, often it happens as you read the Bible. As you read the Bible, verses about uh, a Christian approach, such a Christ-like approach to finance will come out. If you're looking for advice on work or family issues or relationships, the same will happen. And then we get rewards from the secret place. A passage in Matthew 6 Jesus says that your father will reward you. It's not that we get a pat on the back for having a quiet time, but that good things come from it. And finally, he confides in you in the secret place. Psalm 25, verse 14, the Lord confides in those who fear him. He makes his covenant known to them. He shares with you his plans for the day, what he wants to speak to you about. And sometimes that's different from what's on your agenda. You know, sometimes I come to pray and I'll have something on my mind, perhaps a staffing issue at church I want to pray through, ask for wisdom for, and God speaks to me about something completely different that day. But then a few days later, that issue will come up. He'll start speaking about that. I don't know why he speaks on certain days about certain things, but he does. He confides, he shares. So how often should you get to the secret place? Well, the passage says that Jesus often withdrew. And the really exciting thing is that God's desire to meet you in the secret place is far greater than your desire to meet him. The pastor John Orberg said that the Bible isn't primarily about the desire of human beings to be with God, but it's the story of God's desire to be with you. And I believe in the coming days your ability to get to the secret place will be more important than than ever as levels of social anxiety increase. Your gift to your family, your gift to your workplace, your gift to your friends, your community will be a resilience and a non-anxious presence you've got the courage to live for Jesus that comes from the secret place. You know, there are so many challenges we face as a world. Uh, Financial crisis, cost of living crisis, multiple wars, and to be honest, I hope things get better, but I don't see it getting better anytime soon. How are we going to thrive, let alone remain resilient as the people of God? It's going to come from the secret place. Church services are really important, but that can only ever be the culmination of what we bring. You know, if everybody comes to church with a faith described as lukewarm, and sometimes we're all in that place, but if we all come with that sort of spiritual temperature, what's the temperature of the room going to be like as we gather? It's going to be lukewarm. It's kind of hard for God to move in that environment. But imagine for a moment people coming to church with a faith and a spirituality and a depth in God that is red hot. What's the spiritual temperature of the room going to be like? It's going to be hot. And in that place, we will see God move powerfully amongst us, in us, and through us, and his kingdom break out. We cannot be effective in our calling as a church as individuals, unless we're effective in our retreating, just as Jesus.
not good already. The point is this, you've got to get 